Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, host and creator of the podcast and SoulfulLiving.com. This is the place people will connect you to their stories, their journeys, and how they've found meaning in their lives. Join us. Let's connect. Connection. Today, I am lucky enough to be interviewing and talking with Lisa Beth Weber. And I actually first became conscious of Lisa Beth um, well before you ever knew who I was, Lisa Beth. Um, I had seen pins that you made, like these beautiful, really interesting pins. Lots of them had a social conscious undertone, the ones that I saw in any case. And then I think that was my first finding of you. And then I found out you were a musician and then I heard you and I think you're so talented. So that was my initial Lisa Beth Weber contact, (laughs) even though it had no actual contact. (laughs) So before I get into what you do for a living, can you kind of tell me what role music has in your life like where does that fit in why do you do it sure well first of all hi amanda and thank you so much for having me on your podcast i'm excited um gosh there's so many um branches to this tree but um i would say my mother had a huge influence on me with music um she was singer Uh, in her own right. And she had a group in the 50s in New York City, which would be, we would need a whole other podcast to go through that. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there was always music and um, I'm a songwriter. Um, I'm a, you know, I I write all, I'm also a freelance writer, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I'm a songwriter. And, uh, you know, I love, I love the, um, the pattern of songs and, um, you know, telling a story um, through song um, and sometimes songs just kind of sometimes the the songwriting muse comes and visits and and then you just like you're like okay okay I'm I hear you I'm going to and then other times you sit down to say okay I'm going to write a song but anyway sorry I'm getting off yeah track. no that's really <laughs> but, interesting um, yeah so my mom you know I grew up with music um, with my mom she used to uh, we she would love to go to piano bars and sing. And so, you know, I used to go with her in New York city sometimes. And, um, I wrote my first song when I was five years old, we had a piano at home. It was called who left the ice out. So it was long before who let the dogs out. Who left the ice out. Um, and mom took me to see Duke Ellington, um, when I was a little kid. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we went to, it was in a church in New York city. Um, and she took me and my sister and we went and it was amazing. And I remember it. I remember being in the back of the church. Like it wasn't a church event, but it was held in a church and it was of mm-hmm. course packed. And it, that I don't play jazz per se, but I love jazz and I love so many different genres of music, world music and um, acoustic and uh, so many, just so many different kinds of music. Um, yeah. 
Did you grow up in New York City then? Is that where up, you grew up? I grew up on Long Island in a in a, <clears throat> a beautiful, sweet little Victorian town called Seacliff. Oh, how cool. Yeah. It's like a it's like an idyllic town that even people from Long Island a lot of times haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh wow. So when you grew up, so you grew up in New Long Island, um, music was a huge part of your life. And then now I know you're in writing and marketing, right? Is that, can you kind of fill me in on what you're doing professionally? Sure. So, um, you know, my, my passions are art and music. I, I went to college for art. I've always done music and been a performer for many years. As a lot of people know, that's not an easy road. <laughs> I have yeah. I have worked in the both of those fields for my entire career, but um, not not to the extent that um, it could be my full income. So um, about I don't know something like 15 years ago or so, I was like, wait a minute, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer, even beyond songwriting. I've always written stories and prose, and and I thought, well, <clears throat> maybe I can, you know. Uh, segue this into writing for business and writing for clients. So I did. <laughs> and um, so I've been doing that as I call it my day gig. Yes. <laughs> That's my yeah. day gig. Um, you know, of course, a lot of times my most creative work uh, happens in the evening, but I just, you know, sure. I use the air, quotes. <laughs> air quotes, day gig um, is uh, I say writing and marketing for clients. Um, I do everything from, I basically can, and you know, the marketing comes in because almost all writing for business, you know, encompasses marketing, as you know, you know, from your background and sure. um, it's so, uh, and you know, the marketing that I, this is not my original line. I wish it were. I love this line. The marketing that works is the one you do. I, I, I utilize that line for things like exercise. Oh, that's good. I know. I wish I knew, please. I'm crediting whoever said, I don't know who said it. So I, I, I would credit you in a heartbeat if I knew who it was. Um, but, uh, I kind of use that same for exercise, the exercise that works is the one you Oh do. gosh, you could do that with a lot of things actually. <laughs> right. So, um, so I love working with clients. I've had, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the weeds with the, with, you know, specifics, but, um, I've worked, uh, in the, um, building industry, museums, schools, uh, small business. And then I also love um, I've had the opportunity sometimes to write articles for magazines and do features. One of my favorites was um, writing about the business of craft beer in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. <laughs> for, um, and that ended up being a cover story on Regions Business Magazine year, or News Magazine years ago. And that was just like, that was super fun. So, um, you know, I love writing. I love, and what I've realized over the years is that having a songwriting background really informs my writing for clients because, um, you know, I feel strongly that like, you know, writing, no matter what kind of writing you do, there's a beginning, there's a middle and an end. So even if it's a social media post, there's a rhythm, or if it's a blog, if it's an article, if it's website copy, if it's um, a book, and of course, there's a, a term used in movies and, and plays, there's a beat. Um, it's used in journalism, of course, too. And, you know, there's a beat. Um, and, you know, I love, I also love <clears throat> telling people stories. I love interviewing people. So kind of one of my, one of my dream jobs would be writing someone's memoir. But, mm. you know, only if there were like, 
if if all the if everything was in place to do it you know um I always thought that would be really interesting to do yeah because you know the the more I live the more I understand that everybody has a story everybody has a story and it's um, so true yeah yeah so that so do you find it at all challenging because I picture songwriting as a specific type of writing, even though there's that thread. Um, and then I picture like business writing, a specific type of writing. Do you get stymied by the differences? Actually, I no, I don't think, I don't think I do. I think it's, I think it's kind of just esoteric. It's just inherent in the work. And I'll just go back to the, what I was saying a moment ago, the beginning, the middle and the end. And where I find that being a, having a songwriting background, it helps or inform the writing for business is because of the syntax and the flow and the rhythm. So when I was saying before about beat, there's a rhythm. And if you start to look at it that way, as you're reading um, different um, types of, you know, whether it's a book, an article or what have you, um, you might start people out there listening. If, if, if you've never looked at it this way, you might start to notice things. And hopefully, <clears throat> I think in a way, the most successful way is really where you don't notice it. In other words, yeah. it happens. But if you're keyed into looking for it, that's what I'm talking about. People, if people are interested in like, oh, let me, let me see, does this, you know, and, and does it flow well? And you can kind of, <laughs> you can kind of tell more when it doesn't. Yes. For sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, so it's yes. the, the creative aspect, um, and when I, it sometimes if I share this with clients or 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 potential clients, um, you know, I may go on to say that you know it's not that I'm going to write your business copy, you know, flowery or like a right. lot of not at all. It's just kind of the framework of um, understanding what what the um, that that story and beginning, middle, end the end yeah smart because honestly i think when you i think people the mistakes that we all make is when we really try too hard to make it flowery or to make it something mm -hmm. um clever you know when you're really working hard to do that for me anyway that is that those that's where the stumbling blocks happen essentially it's true and i feel like that creativity is a huge aspect of it and that would segue into, like, I have pretty strong thoughts about creativity in the first place, which is that um, I feel, and this goes back to everyone has a story. I totally agree with you. I've been saying that for years, like everyone has a story, everyone. And I've learned over the years that a lot of people don't look at themselves as being creative. And I think that everyone is creative, even if they don't know it. And the way that I came to um, feel this way is kind of goes back to what you were talking about in the beginning of being an artist and a musician. I would have many times over the years where people would say things to me like, oh, you're so lucky you're creative. I'm not creative at all. And, and it, it, you know, I would hear it over and over and over again. And though it was, you know, they meant it as a compliment, which was, okay, thank you. That's nice. But I would kind of turn it back on them and, and be like, well, wait a minute, why don't you think you're creative? And they're like, oh, well, I can't draw. And I'm like, well, creativity is way more than drawing or playing guitar. And 
so this started to culminate and and really um I, I couldn't stop thinking about it so i ended up writing about it and then that ended up turning into a tedx talk that i um that i got to give in oh <laughs> in that's so cool years ago so it's all about that creativity um you know it doesn't have to be uh just in the arts and i think in i think people you know once they think about it they might realize that but i'll never forget the night before i was doing the, i was giving the tedx talk i got one of the best ones that I'd ever heard. And when I say best, I'm using air quotes again because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <clears throat> it was someone who basically said that line to me, you know, you're, you're so lucky you're okay. And I said, well, tell me about you. What, what do you do? Because I'll bet you're creative. And she said, she was a teacher. And I said, wait, hold on. <laughs> I said, hold right. on. I said, are you kidding me? I said, uh, you're one of the most creative people I've ever known, even besides, you know, I just, I don't know, I'm getting all flustered right now because I couldn't believe that someone who was a teacher thought they weren't creative. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, you, how could you think that your you know, teachers are some of the most creative people in the world? And so anyway, sorry, I got a little extended. There, Not but, all of them. I've had some that I wish could have <laughs> had a little. <laughs> well, but you, know, you know what I mean? But like, the good ones are for sure. It's the idea of, you know, because this is yes. where I say creativity takes on all forms. Um, you know, being able to to juggle that many kids in a classroom takes creativity. Being able to, um, you know, adjust your uh, curriculum to whatever is needed at any given time within the parameters of, of, you know, your scope, that takes creativity. So again, I'm not talking about it like artistically per se. No, right. But, yeah, so it's just and I think it's so much important that people think that they're creative. Like, is it an it, an important understanding? Like, is there value in each of us understanding that we are inherently creative? I think there is, and if if and when people understand that, I'm not just talking about it for the arts. So, in other words, um, what I was, what I started to feel is that people were um, inadvertently putting themselves down by saying they're not creative. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I, I need to like write about this and talk about it and, and you know, have people understand that that creativity is, is takes on all different forms. And it's also, you know, there's a lot of creativity in business. Um, I think it was, I think it was IBM, correct, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, that did a big study with CEOs um, about this. And, you know, they talked about creativity being one of the number one criteria for business success and it's like because that's where it's you know you have to you know <laughs> the word pivot um comes to yeah mind. i know <laughs> look at you know look at during the pandemic like everyone had to, you know so many people had to pivot and so it's it's what you what you were saying a moment ago do i think there's value definitely and it but part of that is reframing the definition of creativity or at least yeah. how people perceive it you know Yes. Well, well speaking of creative, you are artistic and you do make uh, these pins. And, you know, what role does that have in your life? Because sometimes they're pins, well, at least the ones that I've seen, again, with a social conscious, conscience, conscience, <laughs> and, um, and I'm wondering, do you feel nervous about that? Do you ever feel feel like maybe I shouldn't 
say this, what drives you, what compels you to create art with a social awareness? Right. That's a good question. It's a question that's, um, I guess you could say has changed over the years. Um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the weeds with it, but um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll talk about it this way. If you asked me like what my, you know, what is most important to me in, 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 in this world? Well, I would tell you it's making a difference. It's making a difference while I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So that drives a lot of what I do. Um, I've had enough situations where, you know, people have, uh, you know, told me stories about wearing my pins and, you know, um, whether they're um, about the environment or about animals or politics or, um, uh, you know, voting, um, those stories mean the world to me. And, you know, it, so that drives me, it's making a difference. Um, and that, that drives my, my art, it drives my music. Um, even, you know, my, my work with clients, it's, 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 even if I'm not writing or something about it, you know, social <laughs> issues or causes, because of course, most of my business writing is not about that. Um, when I can, you know, get the, the words or the message right for the client, that's a big driver, you know, so. Right. And is that your mission? We talked before about mission. W would that be your mission? Do you think making a difference? Absolutely. That, that drives me in everything I do, making a difference. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's not like so forward where I'm like, I'm going to make a difference today, but it's just the underlying, you know, like, um, sometimes, you know, we all, I don't want to speak for others, but you know, if you're having a down day or something and you, that things like that help me, um, you know, I'm doing a volunteer, some volunteering, a volunteer project, a, a just independent project right now where I'm, um, offering to local, I love dogs and cats. And so I'm offering to local rescues to, to volunteer, to, I'm sorry, to photograph um, their dogs and cats to help find them homes. And so I started an Instagram for it called Puppy Dogs Kitty Cats. And, you know, I'm still, I'm growing it slowly, but again, that, that goes to, to the, that, you know, sort of mission of wanting to, to help, wanting to help, wanting to make a difference. And, and um, so it, and I always, well, I'll talk about this for a sec. Um, I, along with that, I've always, I always want to do something to give back. So <clears throat> one of the reasons I wanted to do this independent project right now is um, I hope to do more in the future with uh, legislation and advocacy for animals. But right now I just wanted to do something independent. I was on the board of a, an organization for six years, um, a, global music education organization called playing for change foundation and it was amazing right. and i did that for six years and i thought you know after that i thought let me do something that um is independent for now and then hopefully in the future can do something again with with um a specific organization on that on the advocacy side of helping animals um because i knew after i did the work with playing for change i knew my next thing i wanted to do was with animals so <laughs> with dogs yeah and cats, so. yeah yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that. I've seen your work um, on your Instagram. Puppy dogs, kitty cats, right? 
yes. That's the handle. <laughs> and I think it's great as the, as the fur mommy of, well, am I a fur mommy or are they just fur children? <laughs> rescued, <laughs> rescue animals that, you know, they're just, it, it feels really good. It's such a win-win when you, um, you know, take in pets who have, did not have a, a home before you. Um, and do you think that your drive to kind of give back, to make a difference, is that rooted in childhood or is that something you came to as a, an adult? Is that something that's always been with you? Is that something more newfound? Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm not even sure how to answer that. Huh? You've stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where did that come from? Maybe it's just something that's always been inherent in you. It's I don't know. A long time. I mean, I, I do remember helping my mom um, doing some volunteer work when I was a kid. Um, I would have to, I mean, I've, I've done volunteer work in one way or another for a long time. Years ago, I did um, several marathons with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and um, I still can't believe I, I walked, I didn't run, I don't run, <laughs> but I walked yes. marathons. Um, uh, I volunteered, you know, tons of music events and festivals, um, radio stations, um, charity, all different charities. I, it's just something, I mean, you know, <laughs> I always say that, like, if I, if I won the lottery or something, although I almost never buy a ticket, so <laughs> somebody bought you a ticket and then you won <laughs> i won the lottery if 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 money were no issue at all i would probably just volunteer all the time like i mean yeah. I, i'm not exactly sure i would i would still want to work i mean it because it is work i did and yeah it's interesting volunteering sometimes i mean there's so many different kinds of volunteering um yeah. i was a i worked at or i was a volunteer well i worked at the sunday film festival for six years as a wow, theater cool. manager and a theater manager and that you know at Sundance it falls under volunteer category but it's also work so it's kind of a um kind mm -hmm. of rides the line right there yeah yeah well you know talking about I wonder if also who do you when you think about who you admire do you kind of have do you are they musicians that are like your people that you look toward are they people in your life do you have anybody that you just kind of hold up as people you admire um yes um I admire it's gonna sound kind of cliche in a way but I just I admire good people like people yeah. that are doing good things people that are good to other people um good to animals um that and I you know I don't want to like name specific people but you know who you are. <laughs> it's um, me, everybody. She's talking about me. <laughs> absolutely admire you. Absolutely. Actually, here, here, I will, I will say, like, I admire strong women friends, um, because it's, it's like peers and also um, inspiration, um, and and men as well, of course. I don't want to single out, sure. but uh, you know, and there's, I have some, some great. Um, brother friends I, I call them sister friends and brother friends um nice and you know I I literally look to when I see good people out there I really take it in and I and I pay attention and I'm like and and then I see how they are in the community and how people respect them and I'm like so that is definitely an inspiration to me and I um I try to just learn I observe and I learn and I hopefully 
you know, will take away some of the, um, some of, some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that you're looking toward actual, you know, people with whom you share space with, you know, and people that you can, sometimes we, I think we can also get carried away and, you know, just look toward like Mahatma Gandhi and people that are kind of out of reach, so to speak. And there's something really fabulous about looking at people within our circles and our world. Mm -hmm. Um, and would you say that your favorite traits in other people are that, that goodness, that people who love animals, like what are your traits that you look for in other people? It's kind of similar, I guess. Um, just, you know, people that have good ethics and morals and do the right thing. And I'm not saying, look, you know, we're all humans. We all of course. <laughs> have our ups and downs and good days and bad days, of course. But, you know, essentially, um, like, and of course, if, if you do want to go bigger and, you know, the, the, I, yeah, I could, we could go into, into those things, you know, Michelle Obama, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, pink <laughs> yes um, you know uh taylor swift i think she's amazing a lot of people so one thing that bothers me is when 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 people just are you know haters for to someone yes. who's you know rich and famous and stuff like that without really knowing their story you know learn mm -hmm. their story watch what they've done in their life and you know then come back to me and so i i have very little tolerance and patience for people that just Boom. I hate so-and-so. First of all, the word hate is, a, you know, that's a whole other conversation in itself, but yeah. So, um, you know, I just, I admire so many different, so many different people in that, in that world. Lizzo, you know. Oh um, gosh, I love her. <laughs> just people that are like living their true lives and true selves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you said because I agree. There's so many like judgy McJudgers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, Taylor Swift is a good one because she gets, she's on the receiving end of, of, you know, a lot of love, but also a lot of hate. And I'm like, she just keeps plowing through, keeps moving forward, keeps living her truth, keeps creating. And I also adore what you're saying about creativity because there's something about the act of creation, wherever you can find it, that helps you to feel alive. I think there's something about it that helps us to be engaged with life in a way that when we're not recognizing our creativity, we may not even recognize that engagement. I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. I'll have to watch your TEDx talk, but that's exciting that you did one of those. But yeah, I think it's a very underrated um, aspect of life. I love what you just said. And it's a moment like this where I can honestly say, like, I'm really glad this is being recorded because I want to go back and listen to what you just said. Like that was, I love that. It was brilliant about engaging and like, thank you for. Oh, for of course. Insight. Thank you. Well, you started it by just getting me thinking about creativity and, and yeah, there is just something powerful about creation and you are right on spot on when you say it lies within all of us it may be a fire or it may be like a tiny little spark but there is something there and maybe one of our jobs while we're here is to figure out 
where within us it lies and how we can give life to it or give birth to it. And you're right, whether you're a teacher and you're trying to figure out how do I reach that kid in the corner who is completely disengaged, you know, how do I do it? Yeah. That, does it get more important? Right. Your creative brain will kind of, you know, figure something out. That's where it's like, yeah, we all have the capacity. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying for a second. Um, Cause that made me think of something else is um, <clears throat> another thing that drives me. This is going to, this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but I mean it in a po- I'm going to say, I mean it in a positive way. Sometimes when there's grief, it will, um, inspire me. It, it, it just kind of, I will, I, I shouldn't say inspire. It channels into sometimes um, a piece of art or a song. And I think it is, it's a way of channeling the grief. And it's happened to me so many times in songwriting that I have all these songs that, you know, they may, they, on first listen, you're like, oh, this is, this is about death. But it really, this is a little bit hard to explain um, in this format, but each one of them is uplifting. I promise you, like each one of those songs is uplifting. And what I've, my takeaway is that it is, it's like channeling the grief into something. Um, and then sometimes, and it's never, again, it's, I've, I've, I've never, ever, ever sat down and, and said, let me write a song about, you know, oh, I'm feeling grief. Let me mm-hmm. write a song. It's never, ever happened like that. It just kind of happens. It just kind of happens. And then sometimes it happens with art as well. Um, and it is, I keep using that word channeling because it is like channeling it. And then sometimes that will turn into something that can um, be a fundraiser, which is what happened when I did a fundraiser last a year ago this week for Ukraine. Um, so I was just feeling it. I was just taking to heart everything that was happening there and it was breaking our collective hearts. And I decided uh, that that was, uh, well, that with art, I did decide to sit down and, and see what happened if I did some art. And that turned into a fundraiser. So, um, so sometimes it can turn into something that can help other people, which is, you know, a good thing. I so agree that deep feeling is a conduit to a powerful expression. And, you know, I I think that maybe deep depth of feeling and creativity go hand in hand. I mean, if you think about a a lack of feeling and sometimes I think people are afraid of feeling and, and there are all levels to, you know, grief and to anxiety or whatever it is. And, so there's a sort of numbness that happens in my opinion when you kind of wake up and you eat breakfast and you go to work and you eat dinner and you watch Netflix and you go to bed and you wake up and you eat breakfast and like that monotony um I don't think that any creativity can come from that but I think it's safe and so I think that is a discussion that we maybe can have with one another about maybe it's about us saying, Hey, feelings are um, hard and we are there for one another. And you know, it's, you've been able to do something that is wonderful and take a feeling, you know, when you look at what's happening in Ukraine, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with the largeness of it and live in your grief about it. And then just kind of shut it off and move on with your day. 
And I love, Elizabeth, that you didn't do that, that you felt that feeling and you actually did something with it. I love that. Thank you. And, and and other people can do it too, even, and again, I'll go back to, you know, the, that, that word creative, there's different ways. Like if, so anyone can help. So it doesn't have to be a piece of art, of course. Um, but so we all know that already, but thank you for, for saying that. And um, yeah. And I think, you know, for other people, like it, let's, if it's not a, it doesn't have to go into a, a fundraiser per se, but if you're, if somebody's like trying to, deal with their grief maybe they have a journal maybe they talk to someone you know there's so many so many different ways to to handle it but it does I think it um it it helps in the way that you you do feel like you're you're helping you know I think of that that great line from Mr. Rogers like when people are you know how do you deal with all of this you know a, a disaster a war and and his famous line you look for the helpers which I think yeah but it's, you look for the look for the helpers so I look for the helpers like um you know there's there's always going to be strife in this world and I, I use a lot of analogies about um boats and ships so like you know steering through the strife is like I, I try to keep my ship on an even keel it doesn't always work but it, it helps me to think about it that way and like balance I think about balance a lot and and you know, if you're in a ship in the storm, you know, you, you got to keep that keel even. So it, it's another analogy of life and it, 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 it's helpful. I'm clearly, I'm not living in a war zone. So I, I totally say, I, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to that. So I'm not even going to pretend that of it's course, anything yeah. that I would know anything about. And, and I, I pray in my own way every day for, I'm not a religious person, but in my own way. And but in, 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 you know, the more of the, the day-to-day of life, um, those analogies can be helpful, I think. At least they are for me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it takes me, I will read a book or something from somebody who was in a war zone or, you know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, when I had my own crisis with one, a child who was um, experiencing um, a huge health crisis, I came out of that and I went straight for man's search for meaning by Victor Frankl. Now I of course was not, you know, in the Holocaust and, but I needed something that intense Mm -hmm. to educate me or to help me understand my own experience. So I do think that there's, you know, it, it all is somehow in some world together. I think you're right. And, and, um, I'm glad you brought that up. And it, it also makes me think of the word gratitude. And it's another one that, that I live, I live to that word as much as that, as much as I come back to that word so often, because, um, you know, there's, there's a lot people can, you know, you can complain about this or that or the other. And then when you come back to gratitude and I try to just think about it, uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't try to just think about it. I think about it a lot. Um, just being grateful for, instead of being <laughs> worried about what I don't have or this, I try to just remember, I keep saying try, I don't try, I do. I'm grateful all the time for what I do have and my my community, you know, my friends. And so I think that's a word 
that's super important and a lot of people talk about it. I wrote a song called Gratitude Rising a number of years ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it just, it's another one of those songs that just kind of happened, you know, Some, sometimes you just get lucky like that. Um, the song just like songwriting muse comes to visit and next thing you know, you have a song. Um, it's not always that easy for sure. Definitely right. not. Um, well, yeah, so I just saw Michael J. Fox said, he didn't say this, but he was quoting somebody else, but I don't know who he was quoting, but he said, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. And I just loved that line because yeah. I thought, yeah, you know, yeah. um, yeah. it lines the, the pavement toward optimism yeah. and optimism is such a necessary part of, to me, of living in the world. Absolutely. Hope. I think, you know, I use the word, yeah. hope, which is very similar, you know, in a lot of ways. I, yeah. Now, where can I listen? If I want to listen to your music, where can I? You reference songs and then I think, oh, how do I hear them? Um, I, uh, Spotify, YouTube, um, all okay. of the, you know, those are the current sort of platforms. Um, certainly my, on my website, which is just my name, lisabethweber.com, there's links to all of the SoundCloud, you know, and some of these platforms, you know, they, they tend to change over the years. So who yes. knows? You end up. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing That's right great. now. Yeah. And I, you know, was performing for a long time, not doing much of that right now, but maybe I will again. Yeah. Well, we're also coming out of a time period where, you know, nobody was really doing much of a lot. <laughs> I did some of those Facebook live um, concerts. So they're kind of somewhere buried on my Facebook. I could probably dig them out and put them on YouTube. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Um, okay. So I always come to, or I often come to the proverbial magic wand question. If somebody said right now, you have a magic wand and can make one change in the world, what would you do? Oh, good glory. I know. <laughs> I know there's a lot to be done, but you only have the magic wand for a few minutes. So you've got to can I cheat a little? Can I just say like, yes. can, we just, can we just say, you know, all wars ended and just that yes. one is sort of a given and like, yes, I've cheated when I do this for myself. Absolutely. Like sometimes I'll answer and I'll go, okay, first of all, everybody has enough to eat. Now let's go. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because on I do this on, on my birthday, I do like my wish list. And of course I always start with world peace, environment, you know, so I almost feel like, nice. okay, I'm, I'm going to cheat more, Amanda, like, like the environment and world peace. Okay. But because the, because the one that really came to mind, except it would probably have to come third after those two, but right. is, is that there are no, that there's no overpopulation of dogs and cats and that, that we don't even want to get into the numbers of, but it's yeah. Saving all the dogs and cats and just people that there is no, um, overpopulation that's spaying and neutering and you know saving yeah. protecting the them yeah yeah so we'll do a spay and neuter your pets people <laughs> let's start there <laughs> yeah. well lisa beth weber i am so thankful you know i have been trying to get you on the podcast for a little while and i'm so thankful that you came on i really really appreciate it i appreciate you, I appreciate all that you put out in the world. It goes beyond you because as I said, I knew who you were before I knew you. I knew, uh, you know, 
some of what you did before I knew you. And so you are making, you are making a difference in the world and I appreciate it. Well, I thank you so much. You're going to like put a tear in my eye, but I also want to say the same back to you. You, you are a natural at this. I've been enjoying listening to your podcast so that I, you know, I was listening to them a little while back and, um, thank you. And I'll be catching up on the ones you you've done recently. And I just think that this is a, a really great road for you. And I so appreciate, um, you having me on and, and all of the other, you know, wonderful people. And I've, I've learned a lot and I've been inspired. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider giving it a great rating and following all the things you do when you like a podcast. Thank you to William Aronson for writing, producing, recording the Soulful Connections theme song. And once again, thank you for listening. I hope you keep tuning in.